Merkel Media. Welcome back to another motherfucking episode of Kill the Mockingbirds with your host, Sean Chris, Joel Thomas. That's butt cheeks. Double O, butt cheeks. And right now, I'm making a secret, double secret deal with the white tall aliens from Snowden's documents. Oh, there's Barack Obama. Let me give him a special handshake to the side. Pass that money, baby. I'm going to get out of here quick. Brah! Brah! Secret agent, man. Secret agent, man. Dang, because we didn't want to use the clip because, I mean, well, we could lose the clip, I think, up to like 15 seconds before they sue us. As long as it's not Disney. I know Disney's real uh, heckler, so if we use anything Disney, we're dead, but I think that's good. What is up, y'all? We're back in full effect. And if you don't know by now, you might know by now that killthemockingbirds.com is up and running and you should go check it out. You know what I mean? You don't have to even go to a podcasting 2.0 or Apple or Spotify. You could just listen to the podcast directly from the website. Uh, we're building more. Uh, the infrastructure is there. Now we're just building piece by piece and getting things together. But you can still follow us on Instagram at Kill the Mockingbirds podcast, Sean Chris Music. Instagram, Van Tessa Music, Instagram, and Kill the Mockingbirds Telegram. But I think the best place to get to us is killthemockingbirds.com. Yeah, man. Uh, killthemockingbirds.com. We got a lot coming there. Merchandise is on the way. Members only is on the way. You'll notice those two sections when you go to the website. It'll say coming soon, but everything else is active. Uh, you can contact us there on the forum. And something we've already said before uh, on a special release that we did on a Friday, we talked about how that any upcoming artist, no matter what genre of music that you are in, hit us up on killthemockingbirds.com, go to the contact form, send us a link to your music. Somehow, you do need to be on Spotify and Apple. We're going to pick one artist a month to showcase here on the show. Because we're not here to gatekeep. Sean and I have said that a million times. We're here to help people grow. We're here to give you information. We're not going to be those people. We want to help you as much as we can with what platform we have. And as we grow and get bigger, we want to help people as much as possible. Um, But even if you know an artist, you can send them to us per the contact form. And obviously, we'll have one each month, and they will be also showcased on Van Tesla Music's official playlist on Spotify, which you can find if you look for my name, Joel Thomas. I do want to read an Apple review. I know we do that, and Apple has really been booming for us lately. So Spotify, we really appreciate you guys on both those platforms. Going to the polls on Spotify, I've always got some funny stuff going on there. Um Letting us know what you think about the show. Apple, give us a five-star review. Leave us a cool review, too. We got a really good one right here from Tinfoil Sandwich. 
from the UK. Booyah, dog. Stubbornly nonpartisan conversation about the absolute insanity of the current age. These guys have more wisdom in their little fingers than any of the talking heads that spit nonstop propaganda. Two highly skilled musicians, Sean and Joel, think like artists. They move laterally from topic to topic and legitimize the paranoia you ought to have about the status quo. Wake up. Appreciate that, Tim Foil Sandwich. I don't know about having that much intelligence in our little fingers, but we do try to research a lot and we do try to give out info to people as much as possible. And honestly, we just like learning ourselves. So that's the fun part for us. But right now where you're listening, people, go to Apple, go to Spotify, leave us the five-star reviews to help us get, get us deeper in the algorithm. Like Sean said, go to killthemockingbirds.com. You got plenty to do there too. Wow. I just saved myself 150 bucks. Shoo! See how easy that is, man? You can even save money around here. <laughs> Don't forget to check out Joel Thomas, Sean Chris on all music streaming platforms. New music all the time. And, you know, stay for the end of the episode. You get a song out of it. I mean, why not, man? We we got we make that perfect little groove so you can get through a nice little road trip. Hey, Sean, and if you're having a tough time finding us on the platforms like Apple Music or Spotify, go to KillTheMockingbirds.com. You can literally find out how to get to us every single social media place and every music streaming platform we're on, too. So that's literally the hub that you can go find everything that we're doing. I always feel like somebody's watching me and I have no You ever feel like someone's just watching you, Joel, just in the window, peeping, those little Nephilim, yeah, I mean, well, they're not always little, you know what I'm saying? But peeping right through the little, <laughs> maybe the uh, Juan's little homunculus running around. <laughs> you know, side note, you talk about homunculus running around, man. I almost think that the Chupacabra might be some version of a homunculus, man. The more I thought about it, because people say he's created in the lab, but maybe he wasn't created in the lab. Maybe he was created in a womb of a cow and beaten with a giant dog man dick, which is apparently how you make them. <laughs> And people they are laughing right now, but yeah. apparently that's the legit thing that goes down when these alchemists were making homunculus, these little men, to do their bidding. So, yes. Well, I don't want to get too much on a tangent, but I will say because I was watching Ted the other day, um, and I was just like thinking, and I was like, wait a second, is Ted a homunculus? Like, I was like, <laughs> 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 that got me pretty good. And when I think of homunculus, I always think of them scattering around like little, like the little minions. You hey, know minions I mean? are like, homunculus. Think about it. Right? They're created. Yeah. Well, t- Ted too, man. Like, he's like kind of, you know, I'm, I mean, well, we'll save that for Shadowbat Syndicate. <laughs> <laughs> but today, on the agenda, Project 415, 415, or also known as the Echelon Program, Echelon Project, uh, many different names, but Echelon, I mean, that's kind of a cool name, though, Echelon, like, sounds almost like it'd be superhero-ish, I mean, that's why they picked it, probably, like, I oh, kind of picked up, cool, like, man. an elitism to it, because it's, like, upper echelon, like, we're in the echelon, we're in the different sphere, we're the big brother, the big eye, that can watch over everybody and make sure that you're doing the right things. You're doing what we tell you to do because that's the right thing. Everything we tell you to do is the right thing. <laughs> yeah, that's uh allegedly what we hear. I mean, we see all this like we all talk about it obviously. It's been talked about for a long time about the police state um, you know, 
being watched. Uh, people after 2020 were really heavy on what's going on in China. You know, that, oh man, the social credit scores. This stuff is like almost uh, the groundwork for a lot of that, right? Wouldn't you say that this is the groundwork for cameras on every corner, watching our every moves? And just to give a little brief of what the Echelon program was, is a secret code name, Echelon, a surveilling program that where they would go off the signals intelligence, the signals of like different, you know, satellites and communication signals. They would intercept them. And originally it was for the Cold War, right? The Cold War, got to watch out for the Russians, bad Russians, bad, 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 bad. Now the original members were Australia, Canada, New Zealand, United Kingdom, and of course the United States of America. Known as what? The Five Eyes, brother. You already know the Five Eyes. And they really came into power like right after World War II, right? So World War II was kind of like the catalyst. And you were talking about signals intelligence or SIGINT, which is like what the little short term of what they call it. Um, yeah, it was just they were understanding the importance of intercepting and monitoring signals. Um, and, and yeah, it's it's the classic, right? Hey, the big bads, we got, you know, uh, Germany, uh, the Japanese, we got we got this stuff, you know, Russia looming. We got these these powers that we have to, you know, watch out for. You know what I mean? And and in doing that, they use it as a catalyst to watch everyone, even their own people. And that's really what they turned it into. But it was super covert, Sean. And I know you know this. Nobody knew about it. Like for a long time, nobody knew about it because this was kind of a new concept as far as technology was kind of hitting that crescendo where they were able to actually start implementing it globally at this point. Because you got to remember the intelligence agencies were brand new. The CIA was newly formed, right? They were, it was public. This is to save America. The, they, they, praised them and that's how we got 007s and these secret spies that uh you know we talked about before on an episode where you see it in the movies where they kind of develop it and i think i'm just gonna kind of sprinkle a little bit to let people know like the nsa just a brief little like uh go over the nsa they started a year after the cia was formed again i said publicly they were formed cia the nsa was secretly formed on a secret order by president truman Again, like you said, for the typical, uh, you know, save America, like, you know, we need you like, hey, we need to do this. We got to take away your freedom. And the so bad, the NSA, like they had many names. They call them like nicknames. No such agency. Never say anything. Agents. Not only could they not go to the they couldn't go to just any surgeon or dentist. They had to go through a list that the NSA provided them just in case they would talk when they were under anesthesia, you know, out getting a tooth pulled. They're like, yeah, man, we'd be still there. <laughs> and even they would go as far as to encourage the NSA agents to marry within the agency. So that's just kind of like a, a little peek inside the guys that are starting this program. Really just some underhanded people all the way around, right? And like you said, Truman presented it, at least behind the scenes, it's kind of like a Patriot, Patriot Act type of situation. 
we've had so many different Patriot Acts in the past, man. It isn't just the Patriot Act, right? There, we've had so many different versions of it before that, man. Like people got so worked up about 9-11, the Patriot Act. And it's like, man, they kind of already been doing that for a long time. And this echelon was one of the ones. Each of those is to mm-hmm. take a little bit away. Like right. you can't take it all in one chunk, you know, like each one's another little chunk. Yeah, no, to take for away. sure. And really with echelon, man, we're talking about, this is when satellite communications were really hitting the forefront. And part of it was they want to be able to intercept and store this information uh, in facilities around the world. So then they could sift through it using computer algorithms. And then check this out now. Search for keywords <laughs> that raise red flags. What does that sound like? What does that sound like? That was the precursor to the algorithmic searches that we're dealing with now. Like this is this is the beginning of them using this technology to find these keywords from people being on the like the the first version of the internet. You know in the 90s man we had like dial up and stuff, right? So this was during that first like part when they were using that to not only that but also target people using phone numbers, voice recognition software. I mean, dude, this stuff's been around for a long time. You know, people are just hearing about it now because of this big AI push that we're getting right now. This whole, everybody's scared of AI. But listen, artificial intelligence has been around for a long time. A lot longer than a lot of people would care to admit. I mean, I think, and I've always said this, I think technology is a lot further down the road than what they're actually giving us. So we don't know what they've been toying with and messing with for a long time. So again, this is kind of what Echelon was, that kind of first, at least the one that we know about, the first version of an algorithmic uh, containment where they're they're sifting through what people are typing, sifting through what people are on the phone saying, you looking for keywords. Uh, this is what Echelon really was. I think it's safe to say it is the first because, like you said, the intelligence, it it was new. The whole satellite, all that technology was new. You know what I mean? So I would say it's safe to bet. Like, I know that people were spying forever, but with this type of technology, they never had access to this. And just as we were talking, I was like, let me just, like, look up what Echelon means, the definition. Well, this is probably why they named it this it's a military term a formation of troops ships aircrafts or vehicles in parallel rows with the end of each other with the end of each row protecting further than the one in front of them so that kind of like kind of makes sense with how the satellites and uh you know radio uh waves and that's what the thing is like when you said the voice recognition i think that people don't realize that like you said like oh it they just started doing that, you know, no, they've had that for a while. They've been working on it. Now, I still don't think it's at me personally. I don't think it's as great. I think you could catch some people, but I think people like me and you or others that like, we do have distinctive voices, but we change it a lot. Like, you know, like the way our tones go up and down. Like, I think that has an effect, but I mean, also we have a bunch of podcasts, so it's probably pretty easy for us. 
Actually, now I think about it, like ten of our podcasts through the literal algorithm. Keyword yeah, butt cheeks. Butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> they'll tra- they'll they'll track us down just from that, Sean. They'll hit. Matter of fact, nobody's safe saying butt cheeks now because we say it so much. Like if you say it, the algorithm's coming after you, man. Like it's definitely gonna be like some straight up Terminator shit. Somebody say a butt cheeks one day, man, oh, and the yeah. door just gets kicked in, man. Like boom. <laughs> Dang, I didn't, yeah, I didn't even think about that, man. We, woo, we'd be like a little bit, they go, hey, man, don't get those butt cheeks tight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to watch what you say. But this was like the catalyst. And I wonder if stuff like this happens because of like books like 1984 and, you know, like uh, Brave New World. I don't know if it's like inspired by the art or the art, you know what I mean? Like that mix of that weird line that we always think about, but if you, what, like Brave New World was what, like 20 years before that or something like that? Like, ish? Well, the thing is though, Aldous Huxley, who was involved with a lot of stuff, man, like he was involved with Crowley, he was also involved with the CIA, man. Um, Hell, we just had Paranoid American talking about him in Adrenochrome, right? So he was big on mescaline. So he wrote, you know, this book, uh, Brave New World. And yeah, I, I don't think it was so much of a art imitating life or, or life imitating art. I think it's more of like, here's a guy that's in the know of what's going on behind the scenes. And he's writing a fictionalized version of it um, to do that. I mean, even George Orwell, man, for 1984 was involved in a lot of stuff, too. Like, if you just start digging a little bit, these both these guys were very connected in elite circles. So it wasn't like they were coming from a place of, hey, we're trying to help people. Like, not really. Like, they did it more as like an ode to the elites. Like, I, I think it is, in a sense, kind of like our friend Juan A. Hollow would talk about alchemy. I think even these fictionalized books are alchemical presentations, right? They're a way that when you're reading through them, it's unlocking your mind. And for them, it's like, hey, the people that know, know. You'll be shocked, man, like 1984. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because one thing that always kills me is the, the the woke left uses 1984 all the time. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, are you, are you shitting me right now? Like you literally are 1984. And I'm not saying the right either. They're, they're both on the same spectrum, but they typically use that book a lot. It's like, we're going against capitalism. We're fighting the power. Like, no man, like, yeah, you, you don't get what the book's telling you. Again, this book's not for you. Like it's not, it wasn't for us, right? It was for these people, these elites when they came out with it. And it goes to this echelon project, too. It's for these elites. It's not for us. Yeah. And to your point, during that time, before that time, even um, in the early 19, the 1900s, you know, the ni- beginning of the 19th century, technocracy yes. was huge. It's just it couldn't be ent- implemented because you need data. You need all this technology. And as soon as this technology came, you've seen it being implemented. And then since society was already formed, if they... What they would really have loved is to start America right out the gate like this, but that doesn't not how it works because the technology had to catch up to society, and now that it's catching up, that's why they're slowly taking things away because now we are used to a certain form of life, and we see it every day now with this political this polarization of politics 
where people are really kind of losing their minds again. I can't wait till 2024. Well, and, and you're right, wait. man, with the technocracy angle too, because when you're talking about Huxley and Orwell, man, their books were thrived on the technocracy technocracy part of it and even like uh george orwell's animal farm which i really like that book too i mean i think that's even got like shades of transhumanism where you get these animals that are kind of turning into humans and it's because they're becoming smarter and, and more powerful and it's like this whole shift right you got the animals who are getting beat down but they end up becoming the animals that are like the quote-unquote animals right that are that are subjugating the humans so I, again, I think those both those guys are great examples of they were making this for not to help people, but this was for the elites, right? They knew that people would read it because they're very entertaining books. And I just think that there's a lot of hidden messages in there. And, and you know, I just uh, reread Animal Farm several months ago. Uh, I, I also did uh, Brave New World. I'm going to do 1984 again. So you actually got a compilation of all of Orwell's books in one. Which is really cool. I was at the bookstore and they got a whole like everything yeah, compiled cool. in one. And they got a lot of, bunch of dissertations from him too, which I'm very curious about those. I'd like to get a hold of just some manuscripts where he's just talking about what he thinks about the world at that time. Because if you know anything about him, he was actually a big leftist. Like if you know about he, how oh, he, was he huge thought leftist. about how the world should be run. So really a lot of what he put more communist, if anything, like well, socialist. I would say socialist, communist, he was in that like that middle little ground, middle. For sure, mid-tier. yeah, it wasn't quite communist though, because if you ask him, he would be totally against communism, right? But it was a very socialist view on how he f- thinks the hierarchy should mm-hmm. be. Everybody should be on one platform, except for the one percent, right? It's always kind of how they roll. Yeah. Well, they got to give us right? the you know the platform. <laughs> so thank you guys. We we appreciate it. But one of the people that blew the lid off a lot of this stuff. Um, before Snowden, you know, everybody knows Snowden. That's a, in 1988, Duncan Campbell comes along and start in a magazine article talks about the Echelon program. Dude, this guy, Duncan Campbell is very interesting cat, man. Like I started looking into him a little bit and I was curious cause I was like, you know, what kind of is his backstory and where he's come from that made him want to just be a journalist and dude none of it adds up why he became a journalist when you really start looking at how he started out dude this is nuts man in high school when he was 16 man he was uh formulating complex algorithms and and computer programming man he he was taught in computer languages at 16 man this is crazy scientific computer languages when he when he went to college, he was uh, at a whole different tier, man. He gained like three S levels in physics, chemistry, math. Um, when he got out of school, he basically said school was useful. It was not difficult to make the grades, though they'll hate me for saying so. This dude was also like had huge uh, knowledge in psychology, economics, accounting. Model building. So we're talking about even outside of just the computer knowledge, but this guy was a literal. He like his brain worked like an algorithm. Like it really did. At 16, he was he was putting together computer programs. And this is man, we're talking back way back in the day, right? So this is before like people really knew about computers because he was born in 1952. So if you think 16, that's what in the late 60s, 
when he's working on computer programs. And here's another one that was really interesting too. His mother uh, studied under Alan Turing, who Alan Turing was influential in the development of theoretical computer science. And he was the first, they consider him the first, like the godfather of theoretical computer science and artificial intelligence. He was the one that helped create artificial intelligence, at least on paper. So his mother learned under Alan Turing. So he comes from a long line of people who are deep into AI, back before people even knew what AI was. But then this guy does, gets all this knowledge, all this computer knowledge, and he gets out of school, and he's like, I want to be a journalist. And, and to me, it just seemed a little weird, like just a little bit. Like, I'm going to take all this knowledge, but I'm going to be a journalist now. Maybe there's something to it. Maybe there's not. But I, I just think it's interesting to be going down one path so hard and then just hit, hit the hard swerve and say, you know, I want to be a journalist now. I took it a little bit more as something happened. Like, mm-hmm. what did he see? Or come across and talk to somebody and they're like, hey, man, he already knows the right. power of it, right? What it can do. And then he's like, whoa, there's these programs. He doesn't know. And then somehow he comes across because his stuff, this was not supposed to come out. You know what I mean? I know they say like, hey, right. soft disclosure, or they're trying to tell us, but there's some stuff that they don't, they don't want to tell us at all. And the way they want to tell us is programmed. So it seems like right. something else, right? You have a terrorist attack. Boom. Get rid of your freedoms. Hey, there's a sickness. Boom, give away your freedoms. They don't want to be like, hey, we're spying on you. Give away your freedoms because that kind of ruins and foils the plan. I feel like I didn't run across this and I would have to dig more to see it. But I just felt like uh, Campbell kind of stumbled into something. Like, because you're right. it Something happened. Why do you change career paths completely? I agree with you. I just think more on the level of he came across information that this stuff was that something was nefariously being used and it may not have involved NSA at first or echelon at all, but something in technology that he's like, Hey man, there's not something not right. And then he wanted to speak about it because he was very knowledgeable. Yeah, about I it. I'm on the fence, right? I, I do see your point of view and I could totally adhere to that as well. I just, there's a few red flags. Again, that was kind of one of them. The whole Turing thing was odd that his mom, you know, studied under Turing who basically was the father of AI thought that was interesting, but that does play into, you know, your point of view, too, that maybe he's seen some things behind the scenes he didn't like. My other big red flag, though, was when he became a journalist, he worked for the Brighton Voice. And when he worked at the Brighton Voice, their main objective was pushing, like, socialist principles. They were pushing, you know, go against the police, gay rights, civil liberties, the environment, you know, i.e., climate change, you know, anti-racism, fascism, that's a classic word, women's rights. Now, on the flip side, I will say, though, that during that period of time, it would seem that, at least on the surface, the the socialist left or whatever was kind of the anti-government people. During that period of time, he would have been doing that, right? Because we always joke about how now that the left thinks that they're the left of old, but they're not because the left of old you know, was more uh, anti-government in the way that they thought, you know, fighting against Vietnam and the like. But I just thought that was weird, too. Immediately out of school, he goes to the Brighton Voice, and then he starts studying 
or not studying, but pushing what I would consider some propaganda. So I just think that was the other red flag for me, that maybe there was something else going on there. Maybe he was supposed to release some of this echelon information. Or, like you said, hey, maybe he originally was part of some ploy, and then he got deep in there and was like, oh, man, this is a lot crazier than I thought. You said they were doing this stuff to help people. This seems like a lot more, way more control than I thought. And I think there's people that have that happen to them, too, have a change of conscience, too. Or also that you're just getting mm. drug into something because because of the times, like you said, like, of course, we would probably be into a lot of those crowds. Maybe not so because we wouldn't know any other. We have the hindsight of it being right. 2023, you know, in, in 1970, 1980, the way the world was was a lot different and not necessarily against capitalism. You might not be against the free market, but you might not truly understand. And when you're a college kid and someone's telling you, hey, man, we got to fight for this because the newspaper was saying they were giving a voice to ordinary right. people. You know, they wanted a that was the whole idea behind it. So a lot of the value is just like what happens today when people um, get involved with BLM and things of that nature. They don't necessarily know the whole plan. They're not like on the like, oh, here's the mat, like the the whole right. about page. You know, I, I'm all I'm all in. I'm just off of the slogans that they give me. And it sounds good. Like, right. If we were like, Hey man, just give money to the poor. Like, yeah, that sounds great. Right. right? That sounds like something you should do, but how are we doing it? And if I don't tell you, Oh, well, I'm taking your money to give it to this guy. Then you're going to be in a different realm and feel differently about it. I think a lot of it is getting caught up in your early twenties where who knows? A girl could be involved. Anything, right? <laughs> and you you think you're doing the right thing. Yo, yeah, always right. So the, right I just think though, the 80s man, movies. I can see it, man. Like 60s, bro. Like free love. Yeah. Man, you know, old girl, you've been trying to holla at for a minute, man. There she is. She's got the little flowers in her hair, man. She's like, we're going to go down and fight the power. Bro, I'm not even lying to you, right? So my daddy was a 60s baby, right? He was, he was a 60s guy. Yeah. He even told me, he was like, Man, I wasn't really about any of that stuff. He's like, but man, there was a lot of hot girls there. And they would be like, you want to go down to this rally? He's like, yeah, man, fight the power. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I'm saying, man, it's I'm just, I could just imagine me in my 20s. I'll be like, yeah, man, shit, whatever, bro. Like, yeah, down with USA. Where are we going? Like, and then we're drinking. That's why I brought up a lot when people were complaining about the BLM riots. I was like, I'm not going to lie. If I was 19 years old, I would have been there drunk as hell. And I probably would have been stealing stuff. Like, to be honest, like, because especially being trapped in my house for two months. And now, like, I have a crowd of people and we're going to just go part because I would have went with my friends and be like, yeah, let's just, we wouldn't even been cared about protesting. But as soon as we start seeing people steal, we might, you're drinking, you're going to do it. So that's why sometimes I think people got to reflect back to when we are younger. Sometimes we do make worst decisions now when people are in their 40s 50s and still making those decisions then then i say give them all the criticism in the world well, and that's the thing too, man. i mean there's a lot of people that just never grow up that never really their brains never get out of the matrix they just continually get worse and worse sometimes get worse man i know people like that right now they're in their 60s and i'm like man you're more brainwashed than you were 10 years ago how did you get this bad like how did you allow yourself well you know why because when you get older a lot of times people sit in front of the television bro and watch the news man it's all they knew growing up the news was the source of information so for them it still is so like your cnn's your fox news msnbc's that's still their main source of information you'd be surprised man i know we laugh about mainstream media and how a lot of people don't watch as much as they used to 
but it's there for a reason. It's there for a certain demographic, man. There's a certain demographic that still feeds into that propaganda. And it's they're still making a shit ton of money. They're losing their ass, man. They're not making a shit ton of money. They're losing their ass, and they're still up there. Like MSNBC, I'm not saying all of them. Some are still making money. But like MSNBC is probably losing money. Like they were showing their ratings. They're so bad. But that's where you got to be like, well, why is it still on then? You know what I mean? Like in an in a industry where you're like, oh, man, a TV show that doesn't do well is canned, axed, or they want more money. You know, they're, they're axed. And then this news network that now is just playing other news network clips. <laughs> like That's all they do. And then they just like talk crap to each other. I think that's a form of all this. And to go back to Campbell a little bit, um, throw him a little bit of a bone. I mean, he was also considered a conspiracy theorist because he what he did reveal into it, which other sources did as well. Like you said earlier. The disclosure of automatically searched text-based communications using a direct directory of keywords to flag suspicious content. Routinely dismissed as what? Conspiracy theories. Just as we always get, right? The weather machines, um, the, the cloud seeding, that's all just a conspiracy until it's yeah, not. No, for sure, man. And it keeps going deeper with him too, man. You were just, you know, talking about that part of it. But also he got after he left the Brighton Voice and he became like a regular contributor at New Science and Time Out, he actually, in the 70s, they said he got way more radical. And he, you know, started going down the conspiracy road. He actually co-authored a uh, story called The Eavesdroppers. And it was the first time that the acronym GCHQ, which stood for Government Communications Headquarters, which was a secretive arm of the British Secret Services, was actually used in print. So he was the one to bring that to the forefront, which this article called The Eavesdroppers caused the guy Mark Hosenball, who was from America, who co-authored it, to be deported back to America. Then Campbell was placed on MI5 surveillance, which includes tappings of his phone, the next year, he agreed to talk to ex-Signals Intelligence operator John Barry at Barry's home. He went to Barry's home. Now, this is crazy, man. I, I would never go to a... It, I don't care if he was ex, right? They say he was ex-Signals Intelligence. I don't care. He's still intelligence, man. I'm not going to your house. You can have to come to my house and come get me, man. I'm not just... like willingly going like it's like if the cia came to me or you sean and we're like yeah we need to talk about you guys about a few things we're gonna need you to come over to the house nah man nah i'm not doing it but anyway and don't come to my house either <laughs> yeah don't do that either but at least if they came to your house they would be showing up with a lot of artillery and stuff like it, it would be like okay i i, I get it you're being the government but i'm not willingly gonna just go over to your house man yeah i'm coming down to langley man let me come down there and sit down with you guys for a little bit but uh he goes over there for like a three-hour conversation and he was accompanied by one of the other reporters crispin aubrey so they get arrested while they're over there after three hours under the Official Secrets Act of 1911, which led to the big, the famed ABC trial, uh, which they, you know, put him through the uh, ringer for. 
So the Secrets Act in and of itself is really interesting, man, because it it goes super deep, man. OSAs are enforced in over 40 countries right now. Most of them are former British colonies, but we're talking about Bangladesh, Hong Kong, India, Myanmar, Malaysia, Singapore. I mean, all everywhere, man. They are all over the place. And they the original Secrets Act was 1911 when it started. But the actual acts have been going on long before that, man. This has actually been going back as far as the 16th century back with Queen Elizabeth I and Francis Drake. So if you know anything about Francis Drake, you know, he traveled, he, he, he circumtraveled the whole world on a ship, right? He was traveling, he was finding all kind of new, like, worlds, new lands, and bringing all this info back uh, to the royal family. Well, part of that was implementing this official Secrets Act, and Queen Elizabeth dropped the official Secrets Act on all his voyages, and all the participants on his voyages, all the sailors, had to swear a secrecy to the pain of death because they wanted to keep the activities away from the eyes of rival Spain. So what does that sound like to you, Sean? Sounds a lot like what they're doing now. Like, oh, we're going to hide stuff from Russia. This is why we're doing this, right? This is why we're keeping these secrets because we want to hide this uh, from this other big bad. And at the time, it was England and Spain. They were the two guys knocking heads. And to your point about Campbell, if you think of the spec of time, in 1971, Daniel Ellsberg, the Pentagon Papers. So this espionage, the the this Secrets Act, was already kind of in the sphere, especially in America. And then I think they kind of played it out there in UK as well uh, with Campbell. I think that was like kind of their Daniel Ellsberg, almost like, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. Uh, and again, it's been going on for a long time. Now I'm going to hit the swerve a little bit and get a little weird here real quick. Because it's going to tie into some weird stuff later on in the conversation when we start talking about Snowden. But I'm going to talk a little bit about this whole Sir Francis Drake situation. And we're talking about the original Official Secrets Act with Queen Elizabeth I. So Sir Francis Drake and his ship's cap- the ship chaplain, Francis Fletcher. So they're, they're traveling around, right? So originally... The Spanish, with Ferdinand Magellan and his crew, they show up in South America, right? Part they're, they're both in like an arms race. Like this is kind of what's going on between these two countries. It's like an arms race to see who can get you know the most gold, to find the new lands, find new people to export. You know, because you got slave trade, all that stuff's going on right now. Well, Ferdinand Magellan, this is in the 1520s, shows up on the coastline of South America, and when he gets to the shore. What does he see? A giant, Sean, a giant butt naked, singing, dancing on the beach. So Ferdinand's like, man, this is kind of weird. This is like a giant. And, and, and to him, he said it, they were like 10 feet tall. So he sends one of his men out there to do the same thing. He makes his, his man get naked, go out there, dance around, throw sand on his head to show the giant that, hey, look, we're, we're cool too. You know, we're, we're trying to blend in as like a sign of peace. Well, the giant actually like leads them to like a little, little inlet 
where he lets them meet some of the other giants. And they all met each other, like connected and all that. And they actually called it the Giants of Patagonia. And Patagonia was the land that they found, and they, it was called, and this is, it gets even better, Land of the Big Feet. So this is what these giants were, Land of the Big Feet. So now back to, here we go, Francis Drake. They end up getting to Patagonia, and here comes his ship's chaplain, and they run up on the giants too. But when they get back, and I kind of feel like, that Francis Fletcher would be a good friend of yours, Sean. Because when he gets back, he's like, eh, they weren't giants, man. They were like six, seven feet tall, man. They were just taller guys. They weren't really giants. Whereas like the other ones were like, hey, these were 10 feet tall. These were 10 to 12 feet tall. Well, come to find out, and I'm just throwing a little barbecue there because I know how you're always like, they weren't that tall, man. But you get back, and it comes to find out the, the reason why that the chaplain wanted to do that is because they, they needed to make the Spanish look bad for calling other people monstrosities uh, or, or giants. So they wanted to make it seem like throw some salt on the Spanish game. Like, man, they're just making this stuff up to tell you these stories. When in actuality, they did run across the same giants. They were in the 10 to 12 feet range. But to tie this back into what we're talking about today, it just goes to show that you had the same the same official secrets act going on back in the 16th century to cover up these giants to play games in between countries to see who could get one up on each other the same psychological games they just didn't have the same technology they do now but they had the same secrets acts that were in place to basically do the same thing yeah and as we said earlier, all these Rome, the Persians, they all had like different type of agency. They weren't agencies, right. but they had their little spies. And like, you could see that even like well-documented in like, mm-hmm. you know, Game of Thrones, you know, like that, that shows like even past that for sure. I think there's all kinds of secrets. That's, I think, how the starting of secrets and why people were like, yeah, we right. need one of these here, man. You know what I'm saying? We need like... Hey, these these things work pretty good, man. I I know a guy, man. He's seen a giant, man. They didn't even know about that shit for like a hundred years, bro. Like telling you, this shit works. No, for sure, man. And I just thought that was really interesting that it was actually called the Official Secrets Act back then, sixteenth century. So this is kind of where it spawned from. Was this happening back with Sir Francis Drake, Queen Elizabeth the First, trickled all the way down to the echelon. So here we are. This has been going on since the 16th century, this same due process. But now with technology in place, they have to find a way to keep the secrets closer to them, but also find out all of your secrets as well. Yeah. And and we got to think of who helped uh, uh, the Espionage Act, which is also kind of similar to this. It's the uh, uh, provision kind of in a secrets act, the Espionage Act, where if you're considered a spy or like, you know, you get treated differently. And that's where they started getting every Woodrow Wilson kind of put that into effect. I think that was like after World War One ish, like or around that time. And then we started using it and we never really used it too much. And then, like I said, Daniels Ellsberg. And then when any whistleblower came out, 
But like you said, it all comes back from the Secrets Act, like, and that's how they got to this espionage act where it's able to pull the strings and they reword things and package it for the public so that, you know, you got to worry about, hey, this is just for protection, man. You know, this this is for uh, homeland security. This is for, <laughs> like, insurance that nothing happens, as we hear for everything. And I think that Campbell, like, whether or not if he's a good actor, right. bad actor, we don't know. Like, you know, anything anything could be. Uh, I think in my assessment that he's kind of like a guy that stumbled upon this and was an activist role that like as if me or you were to like stumble into something where we're like, man, we got to tell everybody this. You know what I mean? I feel like he got to that level and then he just got kneecapped. Right. And then he went through that whole trial and then. When he came, because the trial was in what? Uh, it was after the article, because the article dropped in 1988, right? Yeah, it was in 1988 when the article dropped, and then they got him with that meeting. So when they had that meeting at John meeting, Barry's yeah. home, that's when they arrested him, and that led to the ABC trial, where they started basically hosing him down and saying that, hey, none of this stuff's true that you're saying. Which wasn't true. <laughs> yeah, which wasn't true. <laughs> yeah. And to like kind of just like give a little range of how big this program was, I uh, jotted down a few of the locations. One of the locations um, is in Yorkshire, United Kingdom, where 300 million emails and phone calls are monitored daily. Daily. And and I'm sure this and this information that I'm coming from was from 2018. The the uh, stuff I was picking from, so I would assume that number has risen. You know what I mean? It, it would have to. I would I would think. And colleagues have pointed out that a clear indication of echelon involved stations are large geodesic domes known as radomes. So when you see those that look like those big old white domes. You're passing by, you're like, what is that, man? Like, I remember passing the, like, you know, just seeing stuff like that. And you're like, what is that, man? They're all over. And that's what they are. Those are the equipment they use to kind of retrace, track, like, and, and intercept all of the uh, radio waves, any kind of radio wave. And now it's even further because it's not just, it's satellites that are getting all kinds of data. It's not just radio waves or telephone waves as it used to. Yeah, there's satellites under the domes. So that's where they keep these satellites. They don't want to expose the satellite because they don't want you knowing that there's satellites there. Even though we know now that when you see those domes, there's satellites there, but they still don't want you to know the extent of what's going on underneath the dome. You may know at this point, hey, this is what's going on there. But at the end of the day, they still want to keep it from prying eyes. I mean, obviously, and even from what they say it's from, obviously... Well, I saw it. I didn't know what it was. I, I saw it like like as a kid. I was like, man, what is that thing? Like, <laughs> right. I didn't even have any clue. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, that was a big drum, man. It looks kind of <laughs> kind of cool, man. A giant drum. The main U.S. location is the Buckley Air Force Base in Colorado, Pine Gap Surveillance Facility, and then they got another huge facility, Alice Springs in Australia, Northern Territory. Codename Rainfall, main hub for cellular cellular phone geolocation. And of course, again, the reasoning behind it, 
is to track terrorist targets with drone strikes. You know what I mean? Just in case. Just in case those pesky terrorists show up. Don't worry. In Australia, rainfall, codename rainfall is going to make it rain. You know what I mean? It's going to make it rain on all of us. Uh, you're going to say butt cheeks and a drone is going to be <laughs> at your window. Somebody's going to be like, booyah, dog, and just instantly blow up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just hits. Yeah, boom, man. One of those, uh, uh, one of those, uh, those late, not lasers, but um, I can't think of it. Uh, those little death rays that had the, uh, that were coming from the satellites. Man, Marjorie Taylor Greene was all talking about it. Uh, and uh, someone's going to be like, someone right now is like, I know, man. They're probably screaming it, but yeah. The, but to go back a little bit to like, you know, the Snowden, le the Snowden leaks that kind of like bleed into what Campbell, because Campbell was pretty much labeled a conspiracy, almost kind of reminded me of Gary Webb, you know, like how Gary Webb was just like, kind of like, oh, he's on to something. Then they go, nah, he was wrong. It was There was no Nicaraguan war and cocaine being smuggled in to, to fund it, blah, 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 blah. And then Campbell gets vindicated when Snowden, like, leaks because everything that he leaked out there was, there was actual documentation of it being an Echelon program. And as you stated, too, that, like, Besides just the five eyes, there are other countries started to be included. Brazil, Germany, India, Japan, and Thailand. Stations operated by GC headquarters and Australian intelligence exist in Cyprus, Kenya. All uh, uh, different places that are kind of allies. You know what I'm saying? Like we, Some are allies and some are kind of like borderline allies. And another name that popped up during that situation and with Campbell and when Campbell's news article was uh, Margaret Newsham, a former employee at aerospace company Lockheed Corporation. And that's when they were uh, uh, on trial. And she was like, basically went in front of Congress and told them like, hey, they're, they got the shit, man. We, we, we got it. You're, you're, you're done. We have exposed you. She kind of like broke down a lot of the... Um, Things that were going on in that situation. Yeah, man. I mean, Duncan Campbell, he was really feeling himself, especially with the Snowden stuff, right? Um, because he came out with that article, The Intercept, in uh, 2015. And he basically was talking about the top secret documents that were provided to the journalist. Um, and Snowden uh, just busted out Echelon's existence. And he said that it was a system of targeting communication satellites. And he broke down how it was kept official for as long as it was. I mean, he talks about the NSA with FAD, SID, all of these three letters. They, are, they basically ensured that everyone's interests were, were theirs. But that the NSA wasn't really playing by the rules that they were telling these governments and telling the people that they were working for. So really what they were doing was surveilling everyone, and not just that. They were also surveilling who else? Politicians. Surveilling other people in the three-letter agencies as well, using it as blackmail. This is all like a big uh, conglomerated just 
shit fuck is really what it is. It really is because you've got these guys that are saying they're helping the regular man, but then you've got them also telling the governments that they're helping them, but they've got their own interests at heart. And in my opinion, there's that's where these puppet masters, these real elites come into play because they can go to these three-letter agencies like the NSA and they will do their bidding because they don't, they're not as beholden to these governments as they claim to be. Well, also, they have this network. So you're like, well, we're not going to spy on Americans. We're only, we're only spying on you know, uh, foreigners, people that are not domestic to our country. And each agency gets to say that. So you can have MI6 spying on Americans, Americans spying on Israel, Mossad uh, spying on Brits, so on and so forth. I think that's how they get away with a lot of this. And you're right. Um, they set up politicians, which is another reason why we say people are selected, not elected, because it's not just about bloodline, which there may be plenty of stuff about that, because I think there's plenty of evidence in some cases that that's the issue. But when we do see grassroots movements rise, that's how they're either co-opted or stomped out because they're being surveilled. Every single um, I know for a fact they're recording everything that we say, right? Like when me and you are having phone calls, when we're having text messages with Juan, when we're, <laughs> you know what I mean, with Justin and them, they're all, everybody is all on the line right there. They're hearing some funny ass shit, though. I mean, if they're not cracking up, then they just don't have a sense of humor. Because <laughs> yeah. And, and back to, I used the word shit fuck because I couldn't figure out a better word that just represented just an absolute mess. Or at least a, it's a coordinated mess. But Snowden actually talks about it in the document. He said that in his final analysis, he said it's the pig rule. Applied when dealing with this tacky matter. Don't wrestle in the mud with the pigs. They like it and you both get dirty. So that's what he's talking about. He's basically saying that they're, they're inviting you to get dirty with them because they'll get dirtier. They're prepared for it. They have the capital to do it. They have the people in place in all facets of the government to take you out. You can try to get dirty with them, but you will lose is basically what Snowden's trying to tell you. That's absolutely right. Uh, what you're saying is what he did. And there was another whistleblower that I forgot to mention um, from February 2000. 60 Minutes published a report with Mike Frost, a former spy of Can Canada, Canada's uh, NSA. Well, they're equivalent. It's the CSE. And he told the host how large the program reached. He said Echelon covers everything that's radi that radiates worldwide at any given instant. So I, the reason I bring him up is because I wanted to read this example of what happened in a situation. The kind of guy him, I think th this is probably one that sparked him that goes, that's it. I can't do this anymore. Because I'm sure you know, people, a lot of people have this mentality even seen some documentaries i was watching people left comments well if you got nothing to hide what do you care like there's that mentality of people like well if you don't do anything wrong but the thing that they don't understand is what's wrong today may be right tomorrow and what's right today may be wrong tomorrow that's constantly changing so you don't want that arbitrary bullshit of bureaucrats to be able to bounce in and be like oh oh, oh, oh you can't say that which we're seeing a lot of that nowadays well the former CSE agent, he said, here's a classic example. A lady had been to a school play the night before, and her son was in the school play. 
She thought he did a lousy job. Next morning, she was talking on the telephone to her friend. And she said to her friend something like this. Oh, Danny really bombed last night. Just like that. The computer split the conversation out. The analyst that was looking at it was not sure about the conversation was referring to. So erring on the side of caution, he listed the lady and her phone number in the database as possible terrorists. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, guys. So be careful when you're saying like blowed out butt cheeks. Or, or or butt cheeks tight or anything of the s- or bird, bird killers, killers man for that bird killer <laughs> yeah they're gonna oh yeah they're gonna then they're gonna see all our shirts and they're gonna be like these guys are militant they're militant look at them they're, bird killers is code we're the birds I mean they're not totally wrong though man I, I I'll be sad you know at some point man merchandise starts getting out there. You know, I'll be sad that some of these guys from CNN don't work with the company anymore. It would have been real nice to see like old uh, Humpty Dumpty up there talking about bird killer shirts and how it's just the new, this is the new right wing supremacist coming for your kids. (laughs) But they hate the right wing and they hate the left wing, but still, that's them. (laughs) Like, look, man, we they got that what that uh that that uh Indian guy uh as a not neo Nazi now so I mean anything's possible yeah man it's just getting wilder <laughs> and wilder bro yeah I just wanted to touch on him like he went further but I thought that was a great example of what they actually do they are getting actual words that we say and they're putting it in not in just a, it's not that they're just looking and recording it. And saying, ah, whatever, like waiting for us to say, hey, there's a plot, blah, blah. No, they're getting key words that can mean multitude of things, especially when you're talking about slang. And then they probably don't know a lot of other country slangs as well. So I'm sure there's people getting entrapped all the time in those webs because they're saying things that are just slang talk, you know, just like talking to their friends, shooting the shit. And next thing they know, they're on a terror watch list. Yeah, man. And. That's the that's the crazy thing about algorithms, right? Because we talk about AI and how it's able to read to a point what people are saying, but it's not that smart. And if you're using that as a forum to decipher if someone's being militant or someone is being a terrorist, well you brought up a good point with the kid that said so-and-so bombed on the test. Like, okay, so now you're going to use that as a basis to tap into somebody's phone. Like what else do they make up to tap into people's phones? Listen, man, I don't think they have to make up anything anymore. They just do it. They just, they're just tapping into your phone or tapping into whatever you're doing. If they want to harass you in some way or find some sort of sliver of something they could use against you. Well, that's a great point because when there are grassroots movements that might really be necessary uh, for us to, as you know, a country to overcome things, there is like strangleholds from the government. There's been things that need to be fixed. They're always, always spied on. A- every single one, of, like this, is part of the thing that you know is exposed as well as the NSA. Not only just spying on private citizens, but Anybody that has dissent against the government, anybody that's like, hey, man, I don't really like this law. I don't really understand why we're doing this. 
And it, it's just that questioning that I think that you're right, automatically put into a pile of some sort. You know what I mean? You're on a list. It may not be a terrorist list, but there are people to watch for. And especially when you're trying to start movements. So if, and when I believe is what I think they're trying to do and nowadays is really push us and trick us into a full on authoritarianism mixed with, but through technocracy, you know, like lock us down with authoritarianism through technocracy and people are kind of falling for it. And that's where we're at that angle because they're spying on everybody. They know how to piss off this other person. They know not even just have to spy. It's way easier now because people just go, ah, I'm just going to put it, post it on Facebook. So now I could just scan all the way through all your tweets, scan all through your Facebook and any other social media you have and not only find what you like, find your family members. So they've really made it easier because in the beginning, all they had was telephone calls and radio signals and things of that nature. Now that we have Facebook or LifeLog, you know, that was something they implemented to help enhance these type of programs because Echelon is what we know about. They, they didn't stop. They may have stopped this program, but it's rebranded. You know, they have many different names for because most of these programs, the names only last so long. That's why, like, you know, with uh, uh, MK Ultra, there's like well, Project Bluebird and, you know, it goes on and on and on and on because they're constantly doing different experiments. These are just the names that are infamous because people have drug them out, but there's more that's entangled in this. And I think that's when you get the mix of agencies that aren't talked about NSA and DARPA and then you get their little love child which is life life log and then boom Facebook Yeah man boom. I completely agree with that. One another thing too that I started thinking about in the past year or two was how they gather information to know what you like outside of social media. So here's a good one for you. When you go to the grocery store like a Kroger or whatever You've got a Kroger membership. You've got a Myers membership, or you've got any of any of the big chains that you go into, Publix, whatever you go to, whatever part of the country you're in, I'm not sure. But I'm just naming off a few. Yeah, they're like, you what know, the hell up? is Myers? Ohio thing. <laughs> Y'all chill out. And Michigan. It is, Michigan it is thing, shit, man. Yeah. You and I know about that, Myers. <laughs> 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 but uh what they do what they've been doing, say you know, I've had a Kroger card for shit, man, 20 plus years. For 20 years, they have been monitoring what I like to buy at the grocery store, what I like to eat, and they're tracking that. What are they gathering all that data and that information for? There, there's an end game here. Just, Just for, a for a coupon, man. Just for a coupon. That's why I personally, I have none of those. I have like a CVS card that has never been any name written to it. Like, it's just like, yeah. gives me the savings. Uh, I use other people's phone numbers <laughs> for all these stores. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just, uh, I don't even have a Speedway card. They, a Speedway card, they get mad at me and they're like, oh, you got your Speedway? Nope, I don't got it. They're like, well, you could get money. And and you're right. And obviously, the employee doesn't know. They're right. making like minimum wage. They don't know, like, they're just told to push it. And there's a reason for it because one, it keeps you as a customer and they think like, ah, I keep, you know, we're giving you perks, but then it's also gives you that data right. that you can sell. I'm sure that these, this data is being sold to multitude of people. And I'm glad you brought that up because I'm buying, I was buying tickets uh, for the game in October 
And I was like looking, pricing different stuff. I saw it's Ticketmaster and I was like, let me check out StubHub because sometimes you could get, you know, actually right now StubHub's a little bit better. And when I went to go check out, they said, hey, are these tickets a gift for somebody? And then the other question goes, who are you rooting for? Lions or Raiders? I was like, why are they asking me that? You know what I mean? Like, why do you need to know that information? Because you want to know, hey, we could sell this to somebody. You can go swamp him with Raider merchandise all day because he's a big Raider fan. Might want to go there. And that is a thing that people aren't thinking about. Like you said, when they're using, I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that I think about all the time, but we actually never discuss it. And that's one of the reasons I don't have any of those cards because I've always been like, man, I don't want anybody. I just don't ever want to be tied down. Like I don't have an official address. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I always have a, a an ID with an old address and then the, I'll get put over. And like, I had a California ID in Michigan forever. And they were like, Hey man. And I was like, just got here. Like, they don't know, like, just got here, been here like a couple of days, about to go to the uh, the DMV. They're like, Secretary of State. And then you, you got to say DMV because then they know you just got here. And that's the way you fool them. In my view, like, I knew everybody was doing the 23 and Me. That's also data collecting. Like, to me, that was obvious right away. Like, whoa, why do they want my DNA? Like, the only time I know they want your DNA is usually for a crime. So... Uh, I'm I'm gonna stay away from anything that they're gonna take my information because I'm like I don't know man like I just don't trust you. But then uh, then again then I go on like a, a casino app and be like yeah it's fucking throw all my info here. <laughs> <laughs> and I was about to say you're just like sitting here talking to me right now, man. They're totally listening in right now. It's like yeah we'll be ready for him this next time when he whips out that Cali that Cali ID. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I got it different now. Now I got it. I always up the game, man. I always up the game. They'll just be like, because they don't need to know my address, man. They go, I just go like, yeah, I live there. Like, it's not like they're going to drive me there. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I just shut up. Like, they just take the ticket. They give me the ticket. Like, I think it's bullshit, but I don't even argue about it because I'm like, hey, man, just leave me alone, man. I got got to get out of here, man. I'll pay you later, man. (laughs) Yeah, I already know how they operate. It's it's always funny when uh, you get pulled over. for something uh you never know which guy you're gonna get so you never know if they're gonna ask you for you know for id or how they're gonna ask for id so it's it's well that's the problem with uh the police i think because like the reason why they get bad rap is because you got the assholes that are doing the traffic stops all day they're probably there because nobody can stand them and doesn't want to be around them so they're forced to that job and then like you know, good detectives and things of that nature, we get, they get treated like shit because they're under that umbrella. You're going to get treated like shit because we just dealt with those assholes on the street. And I think there's more of those like beat cops that are more, if you notice in my perspective and even experience that most of the beat cops are the assholes. When you go up to like people that are actually seasoned and did good as beat cops, they became something better. And that's how it goes. And those guys are B cops and they're bitter because they're stuck in a position because they're not good at doing anything. And that's at every job. That's not even just police force. That's warehousing. That's everything. Those people people that get the people around them. It's us. Yeah. Yeah, And then they have a a little authority over us. So like, you know, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to flex on us. And I think that's a issue that they don't talk about. I'll never forget a story of a buddy of mine named Eric, man, long ages ago, man, he gets uh, pulled over one night. He wasn't speeding at all. Gets pulled over one night by this dude saying he was speeding. Went to high school with the guy, man. Matter of fact, I think we played sports together or whatever. And he, they start getting into it. And, and the dude just like writes him up just a nasty ticket, man. Like super expensive. 
got it for super speed and he wasn't even speeding. He was going like maybe two miles over or something, man. But it was one of those classic things where, and, and my buddy at the time didn't really help himself either. So he was off all also was like, yeah, man, look at you, look at me, like, you know, and that ain't helping a situation either, man. So, yeah, for sure, man, it, it, it just goes to any section of life. People are just people. I mean, even in like intelligence agencies, man, not everybody that gets into intelligence agencies starts out bad or is bad, you know, because there's different levels of intelligent agencies, too, man, and what they're privy to knowing as well, man. Not everybody knows everything. It's a trickle down effect. You don't know everything. You only know what your little compartmentalized box of what your job is, right? That's it. And you might just buy into it. I think like an NSA, an NSA agent, a CIA agent, you buy into the, hey, I'm really protecting people's freedom. And to your point, not everybody's privy to every all the information. They just know like, hey, this is national security. Um, I'm not supposed. So they follow that protocol and they pick those people. You don't. You can apply, but they go to you, you know, they like, especially like these top agencies, they come looking for you and recruit you because of how they see the way you act. Like we would never be recruited because I think we're too critical of thinkers. I think they like those people that kind of buy into the system and that are willing to just take orders and for the greater good. And sometimes that's also part of it where they're like, well, you know, I think that is kind of bad, but you do got to understand we got to do this little bad thing because if we don't, the big bad boogeyman is going to come back, whatever it may be at that time, whether it was from Hitler to Russia to terrorists, you know, it constantly keeps changing. Saddam Hussein, it keeps changing, but that boogeyman is always there. And I think these people are bought in for the most part. Is there evil people? Sure. Is there people that are nefarious? Sure. But I think a large portion of them, just like when we talk about even some of these secret societies, I think most of them are just there because they think they're doing the right thing or this is going to excel their career or this is going to be especially intelligent. They think that they're helping America. Hey, why not have a good job that pays well with great benefits and I'm helping my country? That's how you believe it. That story sold to you. And it's up to you to critically think out of that box because I could tell you what, if I'm with the NSA, I'm a, I'm a, might be in my little box, but I'm going to be, hey, man, what's going on over there? I, I'm always in everything, so I would notice stuff right away. But a lot of people like to keep their head down, do their work, and feel like they're, you know, pat themselves on the back for being a, one of the American heroes. Or whatever <laughs> they think that is, you know what I mean? So uh, I'm going to get back on Snowden real quick. And I told you earlier when I when – I, when I craftily slid the Nephilim in that it would tie back in to modern day with Snowden, with Echelon. And it does shot and it does. So I started digging around and I was looking into what Snowden was talking about with uh, surveillance and groups behind the scenes that are controlling. So, and this is wild. So Forbes actually put this out in space like in 2014. And I don't mean space, guys. So flat earthers don't get too butt cheeks tight today. We're talking about ju- <laughs> we're talking about just out in space of the world. We're not talking about actual space. So guys, relax. Unclench, uh, clench the cheeks. So Forbes puts this out from an Iranian news agency called FARS came out with these documents from Edward Snowden, and they were from the actual documents. And he talks about extraterrestrials 
that had been visiting the planet for thousands of years. That didn't really key me off because, I mean, Snowden's talked about extraterrestrials before. We know a lot about the space program stuff he's talked about, which also ties into Donald Trump, by the way. Uh, a, a lot of that stuff did come out of the Snowden documents. A lot of, a lot of the big UFOologists knew about that when Snowden dropped a lot of these documents. But this was the piece that kind of interested me when it said there was a specific type of alien and they called them the tall whites. So these were super tall extraterrestrials is what they called them. Representatives of the tall whites met with Dwight D. Eisenhower in 1954. So if you know anything about Eisenhower, in 1947 was the Roswell incident, and that's when Eisenhower, behind the scenes, it said that he created the Majestic 12 organization, and this was the secret committee, or sorry, secret committee of scientists, military leaders, and government officials that connected behind the scenes that were working with extraterrestrial beings, the greys, uh, the reptilians to create a better good, but in essence, the majestic twelve was also, cre- you know, protecting their own, uh, their own uh, worldly interests because they were worried, and they still are. They worried about what these aliens or <clears throat> fallen angels are actually up to. But Snowden talks about the tall whites and how they met with Eisenhower and. In that point in time, they started a secret regime. So this is outside of the Majestic 12. This is a whole different situation. Also, in 1930, the tall whites were working with the Germans and the Nazis. They apparently helped, and this is according to the Snowden documents, helped Hitler build 1,163 technologically advanced modern submarines in German shipyards. So it kind of made me think of Operation Paperclip and some of why we wanted to get a lot of their scientists and a lot of their physicists and bring them over here because apparently they had connection with these tall white aliens. And it said in the, also in these documents that all the tall whites want is nothing less than absolute domination over human beings, which is part of what they said they're moving towards the final phase. So it kind of made me think because we're talking about Echelon, you know, and it's tied into the OSA, the Official Secrets Act, and what was also tied in the original Secrets Act. We got Ferdinand fighting giants on the beach and having contact with them, and here we are again behind the scenes in the Snowden documents connected with the Echelon documents, and we got same tall Nephilim portal babies in contact with the governments behind the scenes to surveil us. It's always back to the Nephilim, Sean. Booyah, dog. <laughs> I don't know. The National Journal says, no, Edward Snowden did not blow the lid off the <laughs> alien conspiracy. That's what it says. I'm just, just looking it up. I will say this, and I always take everything with a grain of salt. I, I do like a lot of what was said in that piece just because it does tie into a lot of my Nephilim theories in the tall whites, because if you tie it into the Agarthans in Agartha, they were the tall whites too. Tall, blonde hair, giant, quote-unquote extraterrestrials, but looked like us, but taller, that lived in inner Earth. So it made me think about that too. Is this is this part of that race 
that's an inner earth? Is it part of this? Hey, Tartarus, Tartarians, the underground Tartaria that I think could exist. Is that what these are? These Nephilim that are connecting with the governments above ground? Because listen, they're not coming out in the open like that right now, but they're doing things behind the scenes. Is this what's happening right now? This secret regime. Now, I will say this. I always dig deep, and I know there's propaganda even mixed in with truth. One of the things that was funny, because this is 2014, it did work really hard to make Barack Obama look really bad because he was a part of this. uh, He was a representative of the secret regime who was in super contact with these tall whites. I'm not saying that he's not, though, because I think this dude's borderline reptilian myself. But at the end of the day, there was quite a bit of pro-Trump propaganda that was sprinkled in the back end of it, and this did come out of Iran. And Iran was also in cahoots with Russia at the time. So you kind of had that working as well in conjunction with Trump. They said that he was trying to push to release any UFO documents that the government had. So they were trying to paint Trump kind of in a, hey, I'm trying to get all this info out that they're trying to hide. So I do think there's a little bit of that, too. But I think they made it seem so crazy to make Trump look like he was a part of this. They made it seem so crazy that it that it couldn't be true because any place you went to, I mean, Forbes came right out with it, which was super crazy that even Forbes would talk about something like this to put it in the forefront to make it look crazy. Which at that point, you know me, Sean, I'm like, hey, wait a minute, man. There might be, they're tall and they're extraterrestrials. There's something to it. <laughs> but he did talk, like he did talk extensively on like different shows and different articles about like alien communication, how it would be difficult that uh, he kind of underplayed humans, which I think a lot of people that are heavily on extraterrestrials they usually go oh you know uh, our primitive microwaves like he did he did speak down a lot on it so it's not like it's out of the realm i i am with you like it is weird you know the the iran but then again sometimes the real news gets out that way because nobody else is going to put it and if it's to make someone else look bad because i don't believe that everything uh, like all these governments are connected. They're connected when it's convenient. They help each other when it's convenient and they smear each other and, and put out their dirty secrets when they need more leverage or they need to the upper hand on them. And that happens time and time again. That's how I think a lot of this stuff happens. So when you see it, someone like Snowden, I think we got to take into consideration that not only could it be some kind of psyop within our own intelligent agencies, but it could also be some sort of psyop from another country that is trying to make us look bad that not that they're lying either. They don't, that doesn't mean they could be telling the full truth that way, but by pulling the truth card, they can make America look stupid, weak, uh, you know, and falling apart, which may be part of the progress, uh, part of the, uh, plan, which I think it is. And that's the progress they're trying to make is to kind of get rid of this whole freedom movement of America, because I don't think they intended America to start this way. I think they wanted it to start differently, but the technology wasn't caught up. So they were kind of forced us into this, letting us be us. And we got this, some of the propaganda stuck, but the propaganda that stuck was this whole pro-freedom and we want to have our own civil liberties. And that's been something they've been trying to chip away slowly but surely. But I'm with you. I think that there is more validity to what the the Iranians were talking about with the tall grays, the tall whites, because 
I think they wanted to make America look bad or that they're hiding stuff, which we know they are. Now, was it completely accurate? We don't know, but I thought it was interesting that he talked a lot about alien communication. So that kind of is in that realm. So it's not like he was like, oh man, the aliens are fake and gay. Like there is no space. Like he, he has some belief of it. Well, I just thought it was interesting. He tied Eisenhower into it as well. And we, and again, I brought the majestic 12, which Bill Cooper talked about extensively in pale white horse, you know, that whole incident with Roswell. And then, you know, the, the one gray that was still alive from Roswell after a year, he like called him in and started speaking English. And he was like, all right, then which I think this was all a fallen angel deception all along. But at the end of the day, they created this majestic 12 back in the late forties. But here we are in the fifties with these tall whites. And this is completely different. This is a whole different scenario that Snowden's talking about. This is after the fact of the grays. So this is to me, I'm not even taking this so much as extraterrestrial in the sense of, you know, and like a gray or or a reptilian so much as like, hey, these are tall people. These are Nephilim. These may be the hybrids. Maybe these are the ones that come out of the earth that are connecting with people behind the scenes. And yeah, maybe Obama's a part of it. I don't know. Like, again, I'm not real big on politicians being so deep into this stuff. Like if they are connected to this stuff, I think they view it exactly as what they present themselves at to the those politicians right i think if they saw them they're tall white extraterrestrials they might not even verify it as a nephilim whereas you have these elites behind the scenes that know exactly what's going on because they're in contact with these entities and they got a whole different agenda they're puppeteering where the governments are hiding stuff from us for sure and they see what's going on but they only know so much man it goes back to the trickle down effect we were just talking about in any kind of you know, hidden government or like you said, NSA, CIA, FBI, you got the top down effect, right? And then outside of the top, you got people that control that. So people only know so much as what the top's telling them. And the president's just the manager. They're only there for four to eight years. They're not privy to all the information. That's why when they come in and they're like, I'm going to, I'm going to give all the doc. No, you're not. You're not going to show us any documents because you don't have any control of that. They're not going to, you don't even know the documents to go look after because they're not going to tell you. It's not information that's need needed for you. And this time we're good. Now I know they haul them all down to Antarctica though. I always find that fascinating that they do haul them down there for some secret connection, ritual, whatever you want to call it. So I definitely think that, People that are in power in governments around the world do have connection with these entities. I just don't think they know exactly what they are. I don't know. If, and if they do, they're way deeper in it than I thought, because I really feel like that there are elites behind those puppets. Like you said, those managers. I really like that manager. That's all they are. They're a four to eight year manager that's going in there and a, and a manager that can't do shit at that. They're not doing anything for us. You know, it. Okay, you had a, a president had a good run. Well, that's because they allowed us to have a couple things. It wasn't because he did anything necessarily, because he's not doing anything really at all for that matter. No, not at all, because they're not stopping. They could know about the NSA. I mean, not saying that they don't know at all. I think uh, some of this information, Obama was, you know, and this is also at the time with Snowden, you had Julian Assange telling everybody, showing leaked videos and uh, really war crimes. I mean, it, it does suck because when you see these soldiers, it's um, the same type of deal. 
I'm not giving them a pass, but you're in this war zone and this mentality of like kill or be killed. And then it becomes like a game to you. You're like, Hey man, how many can I kill? And then you've broken these people. You're asking them to kill when it's necessary. And not everybody has the capability to be as strong, to be like, Hey man, I'm only going to, now they think of them as enemies and that's what they do to us on our own country, on our own soil is where we dehumanize each other. Now I could just kill anybody and it doesn't matter because you're a bad guy, right? You're labeled as somebody that's against me. I got to do whatever I got to do. And when you saw those videos leak of, you know, those gunners just mowing down people like, you know, that really was a bad look. And I think that's when you kind of seen people like Obama. I think when you see them, a Bush, a Clinton, those people are so tied in that they do know, I think, more. Now, maybe not everything, but they know more than maybe a, a traditional president because, I mean, George uh, W., his dad was the head of the CIA. So I'm sure he was privy to a lot of information and he was pretty much molded for that position. And you could see that. And they have their hand in all these operations. They have their hand in all these wars. Like, we go back to the Bushes. Prescott Bush, you know, being a supporter of the Nazis. You know, you got his dad, George H.W. Bush, that supposedly crashed, you know, hero got, he crashed and saved somebody. It's this whole story where he got a medal, but it's a, a bullshit story. There's a lot of holes in it. They do know more because I think these bloodlines, when you get down to the skull and bones and when they're connected to the secret societies, but I think they're not always looking for a secret society member because it might not fit what they're trying to sell you. That's when you get people like Trump. He's associated, but maybe he's not as deep as everybody, but he's still, you know, flock with the flock. He's just not read in on everything. Or it's like I've said before, they've done a good job in this era of being able to scrub a lot of things too from the internet. So Anything you might could find of him being in a secret society, it could be scrubbed at this point. You know what I mean? It wouldn't even shock me if he was in a secret society. I know a lot of people think he's a Freemason and he throws up a lot of signs. That's not necessarily indicative of somebody being in a secret society either. You can throw up the signs just to be like, I'm gang affiliated. Doesn't mean that you're in the gang. It just means that, hey, I'm with your cause. Or I want you, know you to I'm think down. that or I want you to think this because again. We've said this probably a lot of times and other people probably say, these are the secret societies we know about. You know what I mean? There's plenty of secret fraternities that have not seen the light of day or, you know, maybe the person that knows about it, they get killed before they could tell anybody. They, not that they want us to know about these other secret societies, but that information got out. They're trying to keep a lid on everything. And that's why these fraternities are built this way the same way like a biker club would be built where you're like man we just you know we just give to the community man we just ride bikes sometimes like you know what i'm saying like we we do fundraisers that's all we do and then you watch like you know sons of anarchy and you're like i don't know man like kind of seems a little different <laughs> Well, and that's always been the game, man. You can go back to Rockefeller, right? Rockefeller did the same thing, man. He got older. He needed to change his image. PR team was like, look, man, you need to start giving back to the poor. You need to start setting up these hospitals. And in the end, he was also helping himself, too, because he was buying into the educational department. He was buying into 
the uh, health department and all that. So he ended up controlling all that at the same time. But he made himself look good, too, where he's like, hey, look, man, I'm putting up all these places to help you, help you learn, help help your health, you know, and people bought it. They kind of did. You know, Bill Gates has done the same thing. He did the same thing. People couldn't stand him in the late 90s and then come around 2000 era. He started getting almost pulled a Rockefeller. Same thing. Got into health. Got into vaccines, got into they call it unquote, what do they call it? You know, help Phila- the poor. philanthropy or whatever. Like that's the 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 word. I don't know if philanthropy is the word for that. I know they they're both philanthropists. That's like where like, well, that's where you give your money to help other people. It's like a cause of like you know you're a good person, and that's the shield. And then like Rockefeller yeah. used to even go out and like give nickels and dimes to people, buy them an ice cream on the street. Yeah, just go on the streets. I've and- seen like pictures. Old pictures of him, man. You know for sure, and, and and definitely there's there's a there's a part of that too, man. Right with with these guys, of trying to make themselves look better. And I think it goes back to these three letter agencies too. NSA, this Echelon project. You know they paint it as a good thing. It's here to help you. Big Brother's here to help you, but they're really not. They're real. They're really here to put down more control, box you in more. Because they need you as a little worker and to do it, you're told, helps them out. Oh, for sure. And this is going to be ramped up, and it already has been ramped up through like ESG, you know, like social credit scores of what we've seen. These are the next levels, biometric IDs, things that are going to continuously be able to track data, where you're going, how long do you go there, what do you buy, like to your point, you know. Uh, online, they got all of our, even just our credit card information with the banks. They know exactly who we're, who we're banking with and who we're going to, um, what we're buying next, where we've been buying, you know, your frequently stopped spots on the internet. Everything's being watched. Now I do, I'm under the belief too, that they can't watch all of us. That's for sure at one time. But once we become on their radar, Best believe they can pull up all the archives. All these, there's shadow um, profiles being made of everything that we put out there. That's why, like, I really wanted to get off a lot of the social medias. I mean, we got Instagram, but like, Instagram is pretty much just either my music or a couple little things. It's not too much of my personal life. I, it's not that I'm afraid of people knowing. Really, it's just that like I don't, I don't really think you should put all your business out there. I've always told people that because I think it's bad business. Then people are in your business. I think that's always a bad thing. That's just personal. That's not even like on some conspiracy shit. I just feel like, you know, keep shit close. Like it should be in your circle. But they've got people used to just spewing out their personal information, whether it be, hey, I got married. Hey, I'm on vacation. My house is empty for a whole month. Feel free to roll through and get whatever you want. That's just like the surface level. And then it goes deeper because they're building profiles of each of us, not only what we buy, where we go, who our friends are, who our connections, where we went to school, this whole profile so they could sell you things, but also so they could keep an eye on you. If at some point you will go against the agenda that is the establishment. I completely agree. I think as much as we can try to build outside of what they're trying to keep us boxed in with. I think that's how we that's how we do it. It's not an easy task and it's not easy getting people to buy into what you're trying to do as you're trying to build outside of it either. But 
I believe if your heart's in the right place and you're building that, uh, you'll, uh, you'll make it happen. Build it and they will come. Yeah, build it and they will come. I think that is what we're in the era of now. I think we have to build our own things. If we don't, that they're going to just take over and we're stuck on their platforms. That's why it's good to get away from YouTube and some of these social media sites. It doesn't mean you can't use them at all. But if you can, get away from it. Build your platform somewhere else or support an independent uh, platform because that's the way moving forward that the more that we can get encrypted shit and get things more of this like blockchain style of where nobody knows. Like that's why I think the whole Bitcoin cryptocurrency is so appealing is because we're like, yeah, we don't want you to know. You don't need to know my transactions. And I know, again, I said it earlier, people think like, well, if you got nothing to hide, you got nothing to hide at this moment because everything that you're doing is in that box that is considered lawful, but that can change in a year, two years, three years. And what you believe, like for all these people that are, are even like, you know, pushing for this trans agenda and, you know, there's no agenda, you know, that you see this big push. There could be a point in time where you're jailed for thinking like that, or you're jailed for pushing some of these left talking points because right now you guys are just the left. I'm talking about when I say you guys, you're just on top at this moment. Later, the right might be on top, but at the end of the day, it's a uniparty that these agents are built around that are constantly like modern, modern, uh, modern, man, I can't even say that word. They're listening to us <laughs> to see where we're at because they need us for our data and for us to get compliance. And the only way to do that is, is to get us against each other. Well said, man. Well said. Well, speaking of platforms you could support, you could right now just go to killthemockingbirds.com, jump on there, send us a message, check it out, stay there for a while, listen to a couple podcasts, check out some of the music, see some of the other cool things that we got attached to the whole site. I think you'll enjoy it. Have a good time. And if that's not enough for you, you could just go hop on to Apple Music, Spotify, or any music platform and play some Joel Thomas, some Sean Chris, you know, get things popping, man. Like it is summertime. You got to jam out to woke summer. You know what I'm saying? That's the whole point of this time of the year is to get a little wokey woked out there. You know what I'm saying? Get those cheeks clapping. <laughs> yeah, man. And you know, this episode made me really think about my baby, Jen Saki. And I started thinking because she's so well connected, bro, I don't have to call her tonight. She's listened to me talk already through her personal NSA agents. So she knows how I feel about her right now. And in saying that, everybody that's listening, when you get off of listening to this podcast, go to killthemockingbirds.com, go to our change the world section, click on bring back Saki Bomb, and sign the petition. I'm trying to get people to sign this petition so we can get Jen Saki back in office and I can be her husband, her boo thing, how we were meant to be so we can create some of these tall white Nephilim ETs that are running things behind the scenes, baby. You already know. And you know how we do it here. Wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up. Brrrr. 
Brat Bird Killers. I'm taping my dick and my balls to my leg. I'm taking these water balloons and I'm stuffing my bra. Just on my way, bikini Chanel. I joined the women's beach volleyball league. I'm spiking the ball so hard the concussion, so I'm hitting the heads. It's only technique. One shot, two shot, three shot, four. Five shot, six shot, seven shot, more. I love me some Kamala. She is phenomenal. Proving that anything's possible. From side chick to Montel. She must be a minor. The way that she worked all those shots to get to the top of the capital. Almost forgot about Brandon. Still stuttering all of his speeches. Cue up the clap track. Green screen, some more people. Rachel Levine. Everybody worked up about yes. Elon Buying Twitter like he gon' save us Left and right squabbling while he got chips For your heads calling him courageous No bueno, I answered and no one Start calling me NATO Digital trees on the way though Get you a bowl of Alfredo It's a woke summer, I need another booster Before I hit the beach BLM on my koozie Coming in there's some stuff Beyond me looking juicy Checking on your privilege They them drop your booty Let's call Patrice Colors. Virtue signal every damn flag but my own. Cause we're all so oppressed, let me tweet it on my phone. Swipe white, boost the badge for the COVID hoes on Tinder. Turn a nuclear summer into a COVID winter. These are moments to remember as I'm puffing on my ember. Moderna and Pfizer. Time to go on a bender. Don't assume my gender. Purple bangs just a black Betty Cocker, fighting all meth monsters. Mild carditis playing soccer. Cloud Schwab storing homeworn blockers. Kick rocks, slap ass at the Oscars. Yellow and blue emoji. It's a woke summer. I need another booster. Before I hit the beach, BLM on my koozie. Communism stove, beyond me looking juicy. Checking on your privilege, they them drop your booty. It's a woke summer. I need another booster. Let's call Patrice Colors. Virtue signal every damn flag but my own. Cause we're all so oppressed, let me tweet it on my phone. Had a couple kids with Alexa and Siri. NPC sincerely. Yeah. What the elites and these kids have in common? What? They spoil rotten. Don't egg them on, it's a problem. Walk around the shelves when you carry that cotton. This life is 26.2 When you throw Medusa, who you point to? Newfound thinker, I'm an NFT But the caveat is you can't purchase me Small contract, got contingencies I'm solid with solidity Dog, your VPN still collect data Metaverse is an invader From a trap house to a blockchain Yeah, it's all the same thing As to what with the whip and the gust with the chicken It's all just a vision, let's hide it with lines How many of us is in a quandary? How many? I'm just one. Let's glance at the stars. One way ticket to Mars. Who's the subject for the cause? We gotta do it for cause. They a sneaky little fox. But I'm Jamie, give them bars. Sit a sit up by the law. I keep it 300 in my thigh. Of course, I'm boosted both ways. I'm riding my horse. I utter and sputter to the ones of remorse. I picked a degree.